Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Jason Applebaum. How are you, Jason? I'm well. How are you today? Amazing, amazing, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. So, you know what? We always like to allow our guests to kind of introduce themselves. Right. And what you're involved with, please. Absolutely. So my name is Jason Applebaum. I am one of the partners in JL Events Group. Um, we specialize in anything entertainment, experiential, and of course, events. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're known as Canada's trusted access event firm. I, I have two partners in the business, Laura Van Leest, who has well over 10 years, uh, if not more, uh, at Universal Music Canada and Jeffrey Latimer, who's an entertainment mogul, uh, both in industry veterans. Uh, and, um, of course, uh, as we come together, we, you know, we're all about delivering memorable moments in live entertainment, production, talent, buying, as well as experiential activations. And of course, event strategy. Experimental. Like, can you explain that? What does that look like? Experiential. So anything yeah. to make a moment, make an experience today, it's all about, you know, emotion. It's about experiences. It's about how, you know, do you take a journey uh, on an event? So how do you make sure that, you know, whether it's a real audience, which is, you know, like storytelling. Yeah. It's like a narrative, right? It's, it's about uh -huh. a narrative and how do we almost go from A to Z, but mm -hmm. in the right way, in, in the right, uh, almost in the, in the right formula and, and showing and using certain attributes and certain ways of getting there, uh, you know, in, within an event. So whether, is it the, is it the right talent? Is it the right song? Is it the right backdrop? Is it, is it the perfect lighting? These are all things that, you know, add to the overall experience and ambience. Okay. So are we talking about like actual official music videos and stuff, or are we talking about weddings and other components? Like what type of events? Yeah, absolutely. So when we, when we say events, it really broadens today, you know, uh, you know, what we've been really, really successful at obviously during COVID and what we've been able to separate ourselves in is, is our virtual uh, event business uh, and, and our, and our division. So what we've been able to do is work with a slew of different clients uh, some clients that have been very successful during COVID. Um, some have been obviously, you know, hit by the industry in a big way. Um, and, and of course, you know, non-for-profits and for-profits and of course, social events to your point earlier. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, we always want to make sure that we not only have um, the right ingredients for these events, but there needs to be intention. There needs to be purpose. And the idea for us uh, is to always ensure that we tell a story, uh, any event we do. So right now, for example, if we were, you know, for, for example, we've worked with, uh, you know, a pharmaceutical company uh, who had extreme challenges, sorry, who, who, who obviously extremely successful this year based on just being in the industry. Uh, on the reciprocal, we, we, we work with the air, uh, somebody in the airline industry who got hit pretty bad. Uh, it's just about making sure that when those clients come in and want to have a conversation and understand a little bit more about what do we do to give a gift or how do we pass the baton, we give them the right ingredients to do that. So, you know, our biggest tagline of 2020 and 2021 is smaller bite size moments, but getting a bigger impact out of that. So if someone comes in and says, hey, I want to do a 45-minute concert with the Bare Naked Ladies, we say that's, that's an amazing, obviously, idea, 
but let's dig into that a little bit more. Let's ask some questions towards that. Do you need 45 minutes of the bare naked ladies or should we sprinkle in the tenors? Should we sprinkle in a song with Sarah McLaughlin? Should we have an amazing, you know, comedic moment uh, where we tell a joke? Where maybe we share an experience uh, with, a, with a fantastic comic. Uh, you know, I think that's the way of doing it. And of course, giving the right tools to these clients to ensure that everyone wins the entire community of that, you know, of, of that company is engaged. So we're not just singling out a certain demographic. We want to tick all the boxes possible. Mm -hmm. So what, what does your typical client look like then when you speak of client? Yeah. So we have many different clients, like I said, social clients, as well as corporate clients, as well, uh, in addition to non-for-profit clients. So we do a lot of work with non-for-profits in addition to that. But, you know, when we say the typical client, I don't really have a in-the-box answer for that. <laughs> um, we are very out of the box, the way we think and the way we the, curate things. Nothing we do ever is the same. Uh, everything we do is unique. And like I said earlier, it has intention. And with our trusted access of, you know, amazing artists, uh, we're able to not only put in the asks, you know, for these clients, for the talent, but also ensuring that they need to understand why are they involving themselves in this event. So for example, if we approach somebody who you know, for example, if we approach um, a great comic or an amazing singer or an incredible spoken poet, they need to realize why are we getting involved in this? What's the reasoning as opposed to, hey, I want to do this because, you know, it's going to pay. That's not yeah. what we go in. We don't go in with that. We go in with, hey, there's a strategy and this could only benefit your career in the end, as well as obviously make our client happy, but fit the certain script and make it make sense for that client. And ultimately, it's a win because we obviously utilize our relationships, but give them what they want in the end and inject our kind of creative strategy into that overall narrative. And I, I don't really have a specific model of a client. Every single client I have uh, and we have is completely different and, has, and wants something completely different. Mm -hmm. which is challenging at times. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier to have a, like a predefined. I wish we avatar. had a copy and paste model, but we mm -hmm. don't. But mm -hmm. that adds a creativity to your brand too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Who are, who are some of the artists you work with? So we have um, on the uh, sister side of the, the business, uh, Jeffrey Latimer uh, and Laura Van Leest uh, on the management side uh, on JLE, which is Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Latimer Entertainment. Um, we they, or they roster the, the tenors, which is an incredible, powerful vocal group. Sean Jones and the Righteous Echo, uh, another incredible Juno Award winner. Uh, and um, and another girl named Steph La Rochelle, who was uh, featured in uh, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, uh, as well as Heartland that was on CBC. So, and again, connected to many, many artists and Jeffrey Latimer being the CEO of Canada's Walk of Fame is extremely connected based on that um, because obviously there's, an, uh, there's a great connection there. So there's a management aspect of this as well. So you're managing artists as well as a sister company. Yeah, like that's what they're, that's what they really, that, that's what they're actually started doing before I was even part of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted to extend this to an event business on top of that. Yeah, so you that's saw kind it. of you know being in the events business for over you know ten years. Uh, you know I've worked with some incredible people along the way, so it's been able to help me get where I got now and able to develop the skill sets and of course come together with the management side and build something pretty spectacular. 
That's amazing. So on that note, can you share how you got into this exactly? Like how did you get into this line of work? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story. So mm-hmm. I was in the, uh, I was in the footwear business for a long time, ladies fashion in particular. Uh, and then I moved over to apparel. Um, I started selling, uh, a, a brand, uh, in the U S called Aquascutum and Aquascutum was like the Burberry, uh, of well, it's, it's, it's basically the original trench coat. So it, it started, it was developed in the UK, 18, 18- 45, I believe was, or it was in 1800s when they invented the trench coat, all the technical aspects. So I learned everything about the apparel business, but on the down low, I was always in the entertainment game. You know, I was DJing. Uh, I, I'm a nightlife DJ to start. I've been DJing for over 15 years. Oh. Uh, I've been in the mix for a long time, worked some incredible clubs. Uh, used Can to you be a resident. Yeah, absolutely. Music with oh, yeah, nice. To, yeah, downtown thirty five hundred a night. Yeah, we used to do incredible stuff down there. Music. Um, how long ago? Oh, it was probably eight, nine years ago. Like okay, when so in, probably in the heyday. After, probably after I I stopped going. Maybe yeah. yeah. So music was like the hottest club I in know, Toronto. I know. Yeah. yeah. So I was a residency resident DJ there and we used to, you know, host Snoop Drake, all the OVO after parties, um, all of that. And we had some fun along the way and, you know, learned a lot of great things, uh, you know, some good, some bad, <laughs> but uh, great mentors. I really learned how to craft my, you know, ability um, to be a DJ there. Uh, but even after that, you know, put on the producer hat because, you know, DJ being a musician, being kind of a, an artist style uh, thinker, yeah. uh, it just led me right to being a producer. And it was pretty natural uh, that I wasn't fit for the, um, you know, for the overall uh, apparel business as well as the footwear business. But I always loved entertainment. I always loved, had a passion for this. And when I was 31 or 32, I said, it's time to, to do this and put this in full gear. And then uh, as of March 6th, 2020, uh, I became an entrepreneur. Awesome. And you play music as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I played in some really, really cool bands along the way, Uh, some amazing talent, uh, talented, uh, musicians you know high school band we had the garage band feel before yeah. that was an actual app on on apple we it, it, was, it was actually a garage band <laughs> um, but um but yeah it was it was amazing to be a part of and uh naturally brought me to this place in my life and you know it's it's life's all about the right time the right moment and uh you know entrepreneur like ship is in my bloodline. My father's an entrepreneur and uh, many others in my family as well. So it was just, it made sense. Yeah. But that's a, that's amazing step that you took mm. in this industry, you know, it's uh, it's very exciting, right? This industry. Absolutely. Very creative, yeah. very exciting and very, um, sorry, never the same. I don't care what event it is. I don't care what artist you're booking. Every little, little detail matters. It's so important. So we specialize in that and we, we have a very touch and feel business. Um, we are not a volume-based firm. We believe in being Canada's trusted access firm, not only for talent, but for handholding as well. It's very important today. So we want to make sure our clients feel that love um, and all the way, ste- the, the, the full step of the way, the full process, right from the initial conversation to 
you know, the end response of, you know, we raised a million dollars on this broadcast or we had the most incredible reaction or whatever the end goal is, um, non-for-profit or for-profit as well. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So do you, did you find um, an effect on this business or this industry during COVID? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, during COVID it's, uh, it was crazy. I mean, you know, we had galas booked for 250 people. We had artists booked to come in. You know, we had an event booked at the Royal Conservatory of Music where it was going to be 500 people at a gala. We were bringing in David Foster and friends. It was a pretty big deal uh, for an amazing client of ours. And all of a sudden the world ended and shut down. And ever since then, we've been just trying to climb the mountain. And, and the mountain, the mountain where we feel every single time we climb it and we get to the top, there's another you know, <laughs> hurdle ahead. And, and again, this industry has been hit. Yeah. Hospitality has been hit, you know, anything with gatherings have been hit, but you know, we've been able to, and being very fortunate that, you know, our clients took a chance with us in this virtual adaptation. And it's been really great to showcase amazing moments, making magic with these virtual shows for these clients, because at the end of the day, all we want to do is make sure whoever's watching these shows, we're giving a gift um, mm. of whether it's a great song, whether it's a great musical moment, whether it's an incredible spoken poetry moment, powerful messaging, storytelling, all of that is so important in the true ingredients on how to build an amazing virtual show. And of course your content, because, you know, let's face it, we all have Zoom fatigue. In May last year, everyone was excited to be on a Zoom yeah. call. Oh my God, I have a few different boxes to look at people. Yeah. But the, but the reality is, is that, you know, we're in 2021 and the virtual business of being in the event business has moved 10 years ahead within one year. Yeah. So keeping up with that has been a challenge, but always, you know, we love challenges, but mm -hmm. we, that's how we thrive. Yeah, exactly. So what, what about the pivot, the virtual pivot, right? Like, was that difficult for you guys or what did you, did you have to reinvest and kind of reinvent the wheel when you were pivoting to virtual? Yeah. I mean, we have amazing partners, you know, we had to quickly, I know a lot of the audiovisual companies have turned into full studio broadcast centers now, and we have relationships with, you know, Rogers and Bell Media and, you know, Ontario place. And we did some amazing stuff in the summer last year, stepping out of the virtual business. Uh, we ended up doing an amazing drive-in at Ontario place uh, at Trillium Park, you know, East Commons parking lot. So we worked with Ontario place and some other partners on that which was not virtual, but obviously when it got colder again, we had to figure out how are we getting people engaged and how are we doing virtual event galas? So like I said earlier, it's all about these snackable moments and keeping time limit to a certain capping that, and, you know, these four or five hour town hall events that are people are doing, you know, a lot of people get become not engaged after a lot of, a lot of time and being on these zoom calls or, or on these looking at a screen for four hours. It's, it's a lot. And in 2020, like I said, it, it, it was fine, but you know, we're in halfway done the year. <laughs> it feels like almost now. And it's, you need to be quick. It's gotta be, listen, how, how do we, how do we watch media today? We watch on TikTok, we watch on reels, and that's how fast the information comes. So you have to, as an event producer, you need to make sure you give it to them as quick as they typically get to see things. Because let's face it, you know, certain generation today is all about watching things as quick as you can, you know, scroll, 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 scroll. It's not like the days where you can watch CP24 and like, oh, here we go. I got to watch the, the, I got to watch the commercial. 
Like there's no time for that anymore. So you have to, you have to produce as people typically watch things, especially virtually. That's a really good point. So if anybody wanted to get into this industry, what, what kind of recommendations can you share? Um, recommendations. I mean, I think the cool part about being in this industry is you most definitely want to make sure that you have a creative edge. You want to make sure that you're really great at being detailed, very, very detailed and organized. Organization is a huge piece to the puzzle when it comes to these shows and details and, you know, that, and obviously understanding like music and the arts and culture, Mm -hmm. uh, you need to see it, feel it. And you have to have passion for this business. It's very important um, because if you don't, it just turns into another job. Mm. And unfortunately, um, that doesn't always pan out. Mm. There's definitely a lot of passion coming from you for this business. So I love everything about it. I, yeah. I literally, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm the hardest worker, but mm. I definitely tend to be smart when I'm working. I want to be very efficient. Mm. Uh, I want to make sure that people are engaged. And I want to show why, you know, people should be doing the things that they love because just because you're in the box doesn't mean you can't peek out and see what, what else is out there. And the grass might be greener. It might not be greener, but you don't know until you look. So what's, what are your plans for the next five years for the business? Like, because things are going to start opening up now, right? Everybody's getting vaccinated. So yeah, exactly. So, so it's a good thing. The light at the mm. end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's a very, it's a dim light today. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very long tunnel, but yeah. like, like, like I've always, like we've always thought, and you know, we've done a lot of micro stuff live in the summer when, when the weather was fine outside, but our biggest plans are is, is turning this gala style into a hybrid model. So, you know, for example, for a non-for-profit client, it's not necessarily about, Hey, I want to do a 500 person gala and I need to cram all these people in here and we need to raise all this money for this event. The, the model has been shifted. Why not do a really nice hundred person gala, which is obviously a huge number today based mm-hmm. on the fact that restrictions and capacity, but why don't we take that to a hybrid model? So why don't we do a huge broadcast element? So if you're selling tables, this is the non-for-profit model I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If you're selling tables, you know, sell a table for 50,000, uh, 20,000, 10,000, and the person that doesn't want to necessarily come, but still wants to contribute yeah. from their living room, mm-hmm. $500. And mm-hmm. you broadcast that out. Awareness level goes to the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, engagement can go through the roof because if you have somebody in the audience connecting with somebody else who's actually at home mm-hmm. through this hybrid model, yeah. you have something that's never been done before. And you can also make sure that somebody at home feels the same amount of experience in terms of entertainment that the person live at the gala would be watching whoever's performing or whatever's happening on stage. There are more options, right? There's more it's a, options. It's completely, yeah. And again, it's COVID's been good with that stuff. Mm. It's made it's made you Many shift. goods. It's thrown <laughs> things at you that you just, you know, you gotta like matrix it a bit, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so ultimately. I think the coolest part about the hybrid model is you have such a bigger reach and, you know, whether you're doing a non-for-profit gala or a regular gala, um, just for anything, you know, your reach is everything. And today, obviously with the streaming, everyone's turned into a broadcaster. Look what we're doing today. You know, just being content is everything. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, 
you know, outreach is, is everything as well. So if you can do that in an event setting, it's definitely a tool of a success we want to use uh, going forward in, in the in the in the live kind of way. But we're going to call it a hybrid model for now. Yeah, the hybrid model that you say is not going anywhere, right? There's too much convenience attached to it. It's not going anywhere because every single audiovisual company or every event producer is going to want to have that hybrid concept mm-hmm. as part of their event. And it's important. So important. Yeah. And there's so many industries, right? That hybrid model exists and is created. And, you know, for me, Percy, I love the virtual world. Like I love yeah. being at home and being able to work from home, not being, not having to drive anywhere, you know, and right. traffic and yeah, right. it just depends on the, on the business. Of course. And of course, and, and again, like I think a lot of companies got smacked in the face because mm-hmm. of that um, mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, rent. Yeah. Right. So we always like to ask our guests what their inner superpower is that got them to this point. So always wanting to be an entrepreneur, always wanting to handle your own business, always wanted to champion something. That's mine. Always about doing something different, seeing what people are doing and learning from that, sponging. I use that word a lot because it's really helped me learn what I know, squeeze out the sponge and let certain things drop to the floor because those things are not as important sometimes. But ultimately, my passion for what I do is everything. Like without passion, I don't even think I would have ever made a jump from fashion to passion. <laughs> Rhymes. <laughs> that could be the tagline. <laughs> Good. Lower yeah. thirds right here. Yeah. Passion to passion. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but honestly, awesome. like that's what it is. Like you need to mm. just have the itch. And I have mm. the itch. And the funny thing is the businesses where people do have that itch, they do a lot better. Like they, you know, they just fly through it. Right. Right. And, and so would you call that inner superpower is more of a, of a nature of the ability or the curiosity of what's in the market? Yeah. It's, it's learning. It's learning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of learning. I will never say I won't learn. I never say I'm the best. I will never say I know everything, mm-hmm. but I will always also, you know, have my, have our, have our perspective on certain things and the way we do certain things. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the best way I think I would think about it, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your goals? Like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to take this? How big? Like, you must be uh, so, thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, sky's the limit. Yeah. Because it always should be. Yes. But also within reason. So, you know, managing business today, you know, you want to manage your overhead. You want to make sure everything makes sense. You have to be very, it's definitely like being an entrepreneur is a risk. We all know that no risk, no return. Right. But ultimately I see myself as an executive producer one day in a big way and um, doing some amazing things and changing the narrative. And, and I'd love to be talking in five years saying, this is what I've been able to do since we last talked. Here's the the story. Yeah. And ultimately, I just want to continue to show other people that were in kind of my situation or people that might want to see what's out there that you should do it. If you think or feel that you want to be an entrepreneur, then do it. Be a, mm-hmm. Do your side hustle. Mm-hmm. Do what you love because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's what life's about, mm-hmm. you know? So beautiful. Um, and, yeah. I, and, and again, it's just, it's just, it's. I've learned, I've learned it. Uh, I, I, I continue to learn it, but ultimately that's, that's what makes somebody who has charisma stand out. And that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. 
It's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this podcast itself was a was a pivot of COVID, right? In my life, and the Absolutely. basis of it is to kind of get people out of the nine to five. So the entrepreneurship, the self employment, is a beautiful area. Um, and if you have that itch, you should kind of look into it because there's sure. a reason you have that itch. But make sure you get the right help. You know, and like not just jump into it and waste time and money. But definitely, it's a, it's a beautiful area to spend your life in. Hundred percent. The quality of life is everything for yeah. sure. So if you can help yourself or serve yourself in that way, I'd say get on the diving board and jump. Awesome. Well, Jason, it was so amazing to have you on the show, my friend. Likewise, like I know we've uh, we've had some really really great yeah, conversations, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you having me on the show today. Yeah, I know. It's been a pleasure and honor. I've been so happy that you came on. I know we had some internet issues for my my area. So I know I had to reschedule you a couple of times. So it's all good. Yeah. So, it's you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I wish you all the best in five years. If those kind of things are happening or any way, any growth, come back, contact me, stay in touch, you know, love to kind of do an update on this and kind of connect the two episodes. I love, I love that seeing be, growth. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I love seeing that kind of growth. So yeah, for sure. All right, Jason. Thank you very much. Keep doing what you're doing. It's inspiring a lot of people.